You're listening to the Badass Babes podcast, the show wherein I tell you about legendary women and 21st century female bosses, how and why their names are carved in history books, and how the 21st century woman is hitting work targets while juggling home chores. Here's two strong women. Maybe know them, maybe beat them, maybe raise them. Unfortunately, I do have a lot of time on my hand thanks to the lockdown. So I was recently very interested in reading about the constitution, how it was made. Then I moved further and I was reading about advocates and judges. So there were a couple of names which popped up which are very popular and well-renowned judges in India. Like Deepak Mishra, Ranjan Gogoi. And that's where the idea came up. Who exactly was India's first woman judge? And I found out thanks to Google. Now, India's first woman judge was Anna Chandy. Now, the spelling is A-N-N-A. It might be Anna, but I'm going to call her Anna Chandy. That's what Doordarshan calls her. Alright, so she was the first woman to become a high court judge in India. And in her brief stint as a legislature, she fearlessly advocated a woman's right to access the job market at a time when they were expected to remain confined in their homes and control over their reproductive health. Now, she was born in 1905 in Tiruvanthapuram. She belonged to a Syrian Christian community and she lost her father soon after her birth. So her mother, a single parent, she handled her family and that's where, you know, the power of uh, becoming and, you know, marking your own name in the world, that spirit came. So, uh, additionally, she grew up in the reign of Maharani Setu Lakshmi Bai, the regent of Travancore, who promoted women into key positions and opened doors for them into educational institutions. But that's where the advantages end. Because for the large part, women were denied entry into certain professions, chiefly restricted to the household and generally denied of their agency. Now, by 1926, she had obtained her post-graduation degree in law from the Government Law College in Tiruvanthapuram, making her the first woman in Kerala with a law degree. Now, after a couple of years, she started her practice as a barrister, fighting criminal cases and earning her stripes. Besides growing into her profession, she also founded and edited Srimati. Now, that was a Malayali magazine which talked about women's rights challenging everyday misogyny, questioning the barriers to widow remarriage, speaking out against the gender wage gap and espousing a woman's freedom to choose, she definitely ruffled more than a few feathers. In many ways, she was a first-generation Indian feminist icon. However, her public profile took off when she decided to contest elections for a seat in the Sri Moolam Popular Assembly of the erstwhile Theravan court state in 1930. But unfortunately, because of some tactics by the opponents, uh, they had spread rumors that she was in a relationship with the Diwan of Travancore. And thanks to those tactics, she did not win. So, but she was very deterred and she wasn't deterred and fought elections the following year. This time, she wasn't denied and would go on to serve in the assembly for two years between 1932 and 34. A major cause she took up during her time as a legislature was a proportional reservation 
in government jobs for women and demanding the status of depressed community for the woman now responding to a fellow legislator who spoke out against her proposal chandi said from the elaborate petition it is clear that the plaintiff's immediate demand is to ban all efforts by women to gain employment on the grounds that they are a bunch of creatures created for the domestic pleasures of men and that the lives outside the hallowed kitchen temples will harm familial happiness that, that was a very strong statement in 1935 she argued against the exemption of women from the death penalty in travancore law besides challenging another law that gave men conjugal rights without taking into account their wife's consent many of our sister malayalis have property rights voting rights employment and honors financial independence but how many have control over their bodies how many women have been condemned to depths of feeling of inferiority because of the foolish idea that the woman's body is an instrument for the pleasure of men this was another statement by anna chandi in 1937 she was soon elevated to the office of munsif in travancore by the diwan sir c p ramaswamy ayer she was acutely aware of the responsibility that fell on her shoulder upon accepting this office she said i must admit that i was not free from trepidation when i first stepped up to the bench however what was foremost in my mind was a fierce determination to make a success of this experiment i knew i was a test case if i faltered or failed i would not just be damaging my own career but would be doing a great disservice to the cause of women following independence she was promoted to the office of district judge and in february 1959 became the first woman judge in an indian high court when she was appointed to the kerala high court it was a position she held on to until april 1967 following which she worked with the law commission of india during her retirement she published her autobiography titled atmakatha in 1973 and she eventually passed away in 1996 at the ripe old age of 91 having paved the way for the women in male dominated profession and society anna chandi leaves behind a tremendous legacy and it is the work of pioneers like her that has allowed women's right to reach this far so this was anna chandi hope you liked this episode if you want to connect with us you can connect with us on email our email id is badassbabespodcast@gmail.com you can also connect with us on instagram our handle is badassbabes_podcast We publish episode every third day so subscribe to us and stay tuned for more